In today's episode of Rob Conrad Conversations, John Austin. Right there is the whole conundrum with the whole thing is, um, you, you know, people meet me and they think, oh, John's this great, great guy and he's so normal. He didn't think he was different. Coffee tastes great. I never forget when I was a little kid, when I first got into all of this, I asked my mom what my name was backwards, and she told me it was Nitsua Naj. But it's really John Austin backwards is Nitsok Naj. Apart from speaking backwards. And we sat down, and he said, you have what they call Asperger's syndrome. And I said, wait a minute, isn't that autism? And he said, yeah. It's not about talking backwards. This is about how your brain works and processes information. And the fact that you learned to talk backwards when you were five um, shows how incredibly powerful your mind is. A story of a profoundly unique mind. Join the conversation now. Welcome to Rob Conrad Conversations. Conversations with extraordinary people that motivate and inspire, learn, grow, and impact lives. Subscribe now and hit the bell icon for a new conversation every week. Here comes the sunshine and burns away clouds like they never were. Hey, this is Rob Conner from Switzerland and special gifts often come with a curse. And um, this certainly was the case for today's guest, John Austin, aka the Backwards Dude. When he was five years old, he discovered that he was able to speak backwards as easily as he can speak normally. But um, he also felt different from other kids his age and um, had difficulties connecting with them, which led to bullying and isolation. When he grew up, he also discovered that while he, was, uh, while he has the ability to work on certain things with extreme focus and dedication, he would get extremely irritated if things didn't go the way he liked it, something that led to a lot of conflict in his workplace, but also in his private life. It wasn't until he was um, 36 years old that he was diagnosed with a specific form of autism, a condition called Asperger's syndrome. So today we'll talk about what it means to be different. We'll talk about autism, Asperger's and the challenges of living with it. And of course, we'll talk backwards a little bit. Thanks for taking the time on New Year's Eve, actually. John yeah. Austin. Yeah, glad to be here. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah, thanks for making time. I mean, it's, we're, we're very close to, to midnight here in Switzerland. So thanks for taking time. I really appreciate it. I know you have to. Oh, wow, that's right. You, it is almost midnight over there, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's like 10 p.m. Yeah, so we have like two, two hours to go. There <laughs> so, you go. That, what a way to yeah, wrap up yeah, the year. It, but as I said, we got three little kids, so there's nothing much to to uh, to do anyway. So uh, uh-huh. it, they just get grumpy, and then it's not not much fun anyway. So sure, <laughs> sure. I don't want to keep you too. Lo- I don't want to keep you too long from from celebrating tonight. Of course. Um, so yeah, w- when I hear autism, like I think of that, you know, that dude from Rain Man. What what was the name of that that Dustin Hoffman played, like uh, Raymond or something, like um, and. W- yeah. When we talked a bit before, and you seem perfectly normal. You seem like now, if I would meet you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever you know, suspect you have autism or exactly, exactly. And you know that right there is the whole conundrum with the whole thing. Is um, you, you know, people meet me and they think, oh, John's this great, great guy, and he's so normal. And then when they get to know me a little bit, it's like John's kind of weird, you know. 
And it's not anything that I do. It's like uh, sometimes I don't really make eye contact with people or um, do, I don't really speak up enough. You know, I have a tendency to be mm-hmm. a little quiet. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not interested in the same things that most people are interested in. Sports, video games, things of that nature. So it's hard to connect. But I'm very personable, and uh, the people that do know me really like me, and I'm thankful for the friends mm-hmm. I've got in my life. So, you know, that's nice. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. So b- before we get to the details of that, I, I'm sorry, but we have to do it. Um, can we do the little backwards thingy? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I've, I've got the app right here. Let me uh, go ahead and pull it up. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I've got requests coming in for my YouTube channel right now. I'm going to have to swipe these away and get back yeah. to them. <laughs> Turn the volume up here. So I'm sure you, you've, you've done this a million times, but it's just... I, I have, you know, I have. So pe- here, here I've got it. People who haven't watched this, and we'll, we'll, we'll edit this in afterwards anyway in higher quality, uh, but... Sure, just, yeah, just, yeah, I'll send so you the files, ju- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so so we haven't... we haven't pract- and I, Actually, I don't know what to say. Can, could you say... Um, so my, my my three daughters they have very sp- special names for Switzerland. Okay, they're called they are called um, Siena, Siena, Savannah, and and Missouri, and so, Missouri, Missouri, yeah, and Missouri. Oh, Missouri, no, Missouri, Missouri. Siena, Missouri. and what's Missouri. the other one? Siena and what? Siena, Savannah, and Missouri. Okay, Siena, so Siena, Savannah, Savannah and Missouri. Okay. So could you say Happy New Year, Siena, Savannah, Missouri? Okay, Jerusalem. Anabas, Ianis, Sienna. Hold on, I got to do it again. <laughs> Sienna, Anais, Sienna, Savannah, Missouri. Erosum, Anabas, Anais, Reunipa. Okay. Happy New Year, Sienna, Savannah, Missouri. Did you hear it? <laughs> yeah, I heard okay, it. Okay, good. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so, so uh, what what goes through your mind if you if you, you know get these kind of requests? So, so can you like does it come naturally, or you, because you don't seem to have to think about it really? Well, actually, I had to think about that one a little bit, um, mm-hmm. just just because I'm nervous. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I wouldn't have to think about it like anyone else would. What comes to my mind are the sounds. And okay. then after the sounds, the order of the words. So the words are their own sounds, but I've got to put them in the correct order. And so the mm-hmm. longer a sentence, the more difficult it becomes to say, because you've got to not only switch the sounds around, you've got to switch the order of everything around to make it logical, you know. So that's very difficult. Um, you know, I've had people give me things like, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? <laughs> and yeah. I've learned it, so it's easy to just rat off. But, mm-hmm. you know, if someone were to just give me something like that and I'd never practiced it, what I would do is I would have to write it down. And that okay. way I would have to like study it. And it's, it's weird. People tell me that when they see me do it, they can see my brain working. You can look and see my eyes like fluttering, almost like a matrix type of thing. Isn't okay, that weird? Okay. You know? And yeah, it's like, you know, because I'm literally, my brain's literally flipping all the sounds and then I'm going, okay, you know, and I might see a word that I've never done before. And so I have to quickly learn it, but it's like instant. So it could okay. take me 30 seconds to a minute to say how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood after it's been written down and I have to process it, maybe 30 seconds. But then I have to read okay. it 
to commit it to memory, uh, I, when I did that one for memory, it took about an hour to commit it to memory backwards. Okay, okay. So I guess because I think um, the human brain for most people, they can store like eight pieces of information at a time. So like like eight numbers or something is, is like the maximum you can sh put in your short term, really? short term memory. So I guess if you get a long sentence, it would be hard enough to remember it in, in like uh, the, right, the right direction. Right. So doing it backwards, uh, the problem is also to mem memorize that in, in uh, like forwards. It's a lot of information. Uh, and for the most part, I can do it very easily. So when people give me a simple sentence that's, you know, five to six words, then uh -huh. I'm able to just rat that off, you know, like it's butter, you know. Okay, so if I say uh, the co coffee tastes great. Co yeah, okay. I'll do that for you. Coffee tastes great. If you notice, I'm repeating it. So uh -huh. it's kind of downloading it into my mind. Coffee tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> and so that's just so, off the cuff without practicing it or anything yeah yeah, yeah. okay it's so so but but the words itself they kind of they appear in your head or how does it work how can i because because if i would have to do it because i the way i would start with it is like to okay coffee is like c-o-f-f-e so i would start like e-f-f-o-c so yeah, you're so, spelling so how, it. How, how does it yeah, yeah so, so you're you're, you're visualizing it you can't visualize it you have to hear it And that's the trick. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't read backwards and and then have that yeah. come out w forward. Um, see, some words you can like coffee. You know, you spell uh -huh. e and then fuck. You know, that would uh -huh. kind of be right. But uh, yeah. tastes great. If I were to spell that backwards, it'd be t t t arg uh, stat stats or something stat. Yeah. And that, that wouldn't come out right. If, if you okay. notice, I'm really mm -hmm. having to think hard to, to do that because I can't just speak to you backwards the way a word is spelled because that doesn't make sense to my brain. Ah, if, okay. If that, so, yeah, I, I it's just the sound. So, you, you, so you, you can't just spell backwards. It's really something that's somehow, no, it's, it's, it's there. Or. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I never forget when I was a little kid, when I first got into all of this, I asked my mom what my name was backwards, and she told me mm -hmm. it was Nitsua Naj, and that's mm -hmm. incorrect. That's how it's spelled. But it's uh -huh. really John Austin backwards is Nitsua Naj. And so oh, okay. for a, a little boy to, to realize that, you know, at such an early age, I, I would say maybe I was six or seven, you know, when she told me okay. that. Um, but for someone of that, that young to realize that and what the difference is, that's really huge. And to, to have such a hard time in school and, mm -hmm. and not be able to do my schoolwork and not be able to focus on it and be put in special classes with troubled kids and when mm -hmm. really I did not belong there. Um, that's frustrating. And, and I look back at it and I think, you know, that's, that's just not right. You know, why could they not see you know, the brilliance that, that was there. And I never uh -huh. counted it as brilliance and, until, you know, a couple of years ago when, when that doctor told me I was brilliant because I could do it. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, not me. So yeah, yeah, this okay. has been a very eye-opening thing for me. So I'm very grateful for backwards talking and backwards things. You know, it just shows you what the human mind can do. Absolutely. So, so let, let's start 
also backwards in terms of you know your discovery that you were no diagnosed with Asperger's a few years back. So how old are you are you now? You're I am 48 right now. 48 right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 48. And 40, uh, geez, you look like 10 years younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I look like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I have always looked 10 years younger. So when I went to film school at 38, uh -huh. everybody thought I was in my mid twenties. And so it worked, okay. you know, um, I, I was given a second chance at learning a social life because of my youthful looks and going to school late. Okay. Uh, and so I learned socializing in my late 30s, early 40s. And so mm -hmm. I've been able to enjoy a normal social life um, you know, all the way from 38 on up to, to 40 of the last 10 years. It's been very nice. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of my friends uh, now, they're like, John, we just don't see that there's anything wrong with you. Are you sure you've got this Asperger? So I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm pretty, believe me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, okay. You know, sometimes I ask my friends questions like, um, well, if some person says this or looks at me this way, what does that mean? And a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, John, don't worry about that. That person has a problem. And most of my mm -hmm. friends are a good 10 to 20 years younger than me. And so they're okay. kind of having to tell me these things and, and they get it. You know, they've been friends with me for a good, you know, good while And uh, it's, it's nice to, to be able to, to, to have those kinds of conversations. But yes, yes, I'm 48, look, look late 30s, and um, was diagnosed at 46 uh, ah, with okay. Asperger's. So yeah, I have, I got that one. yeah, so it's not yeah, 36, so, 46. <laughs> like, in, in my introduction, I, th I thought you're like, oh, okay, he's like 38 and nine something. Right, <laughs> okay, so of yeah. course, of course, right. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Uh -huh. But uh, no, no, I went, um, you know, till 46 years old, not knowing. Uh, but the thing okay. was, is I realized that, you know, in my late 30s that I needed to start working on this. And I thought, you know mm -hmm. what, I'm gifted with, you know, video editing and, and audio and, and things like that and do a good job. But I'm kind of stuck where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I need to go live in another town, go to school, get that experience. And I'm so glad that I did. Okay. Okay. So, um Before you got diagnosed with 46, um, how was life for you? So uh, how did you feel different? Was it like you had problems socializing? Was it that you had... Uh, we, we, we had our first discussion. You talked a little bit about how you, you know are very specific with the way how you like things and how you get frustrated and irritated if things are not working out the way you, you, you know, want them to be. So, so how was life before the diagnosis for you? Well, you know... Uh, <laughs> Where I'm from, I'm, I'm from the Southeast, and in the mm. Southeast, people are very nice to you, uh, to your face, but then they talk bad about you behind your back. Mm. They'll, they'll never be upfront with you. Um, those things started coming back to me, and I started realizing, you know, that there, there, there's something that I'm doing, you know, um, mm. and I want to change. And so then I went out to Los Angeles, and my point here is that people are more direct with you. They... They will tell you if they don't like you. They will tell you if you've done something. And so the word that they used for me was aloof, which means mm -hmm. distant, uninterested, maybe cold with a chip on the shoulder. And I thought, really? You know, I thought I was being very personable. Uh, but it turned out that I wasn't being read that way at, at all. And that, that okay. really upset me. And I thought, you, you know, no wonder, you know, people have thought, 
you know, gee, you know, we don't want to be around him or work with him. You know, it's um, when you come across as cold or uninterested or you, you don't want to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really and truly what was going on in my mind was I was just trying to process what was going on with them and, and with their projects and stuff and trying to take knowledge that I had and put it in. And then sometimes some of those people wouldn't even come to the table with the necessary information. And uh, that was where it was their fault. Uh, but then you also okay. had the part that was my fault. And so those two things just couldn't work together. That's, that's what I found. It was just frustrating. Um, okay. Most people would be able to sit down and they'd be able to assess a situation with a client. And if the client doesn't know what they're doing, that uh, person could make the decision whether or not to continue working with that client. And mm-hmm. um, I just did not have that ability. I couldn't read them right. So uh, okay. there were some times that... Um, that the problem was me. There was other times that the problem was them. And then there were the times that there were both. So, uh, you know, that's just, just how it went for many years. And I, I thought I wasn't worth anything to be honest with you. And, um, but I thought, you know, I'm not giving up that easy. I'm not going to give up that easy. You know, I'm too much of a fighter. Mm-hmm. So on a social layer, it was like a mismatch between how you perceived yourself and how the rest of the world perceived yourself. And on your end, it was a bit of like filter failure in a certain way. So you, or you couldn't filter information or, or social interactions in the way that most people can do it or, inter- or interpret it, let's put it this way. Sure. Well, you know, sometimes people might take a jab at you like with kidding you. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would try to do that, but sometimes I would say it in a wrong way and it would offend the person, you know. Um, okay, okay. You know, it's just, and, and then sometimes, you know, it's not that what I did was wrong, but that was not the type of person that they were. They, they weren't the type of personality to do that with. Does okay, that make okay. sense? I, I think I understand, yes. So, I so, also don't um, understand when people are flirting with me. <laughs> would want to date me. I can't, I can't read those signals. I literally cannot tell because I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, John, these girls over here, they really like you. And I said, I had no idea. I had absolutely no okay. idea. So how did the, does that work for, uh, out for you in terms of uh, relationships? I've, Must uh, be hard. I've never really dated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've never okay. really dated. Um, I, I, um, I get very nervous with people too close to me, mm-hmm. uh, for, for okay. one. Um, it's, it's not that I wouldn't ever date. Um, I've dated a couple mm-hmm. of times and it just, um, you know, it just wasn't the right fit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I, I might be fine without ever being married, but, um, there's part of me that would like to be married, you know, be in a relationship. I understand. So it's it's like it's it is the main problem like getting into it, or would it be something that's also complicated once you're in a relationship because you're so picky with certain things and so specific with certain things that I, it might. Make I like it to be alone a lot. I, I really like okay. my alone time. Um, and when okay. you're in a relationship, you know you mm-hmm. you don't get to do that. But then again, being alone a lot, you get lonely. Uh, yeah, sure. So you know that that's why uh, I'm I'm very open to you know, as time goes on to, to get into a relationship with somebody. My dad was uh, 47 when I was born. So you, he got oh, married okay. to my mom. So it's not too late, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's never too late. It's I never, mean, hey, it's it's never it's, too late. Um, and, you know, and I, I am definitely um, a testament to that. Yeah, yeah sure. So um, how did you get diagnosed? A very interesting story. So 
I just, um, my friends that I told you about told mm-hmm. me about the apps that are on my phone. And that caused me to start a YouTube channel, Backwards Dude. And mm-hmm. uh, another one of my friends from film school uh, agreed to go out in uh, downtown Charlotte, where I live, with a great big sign that says, I'm the backwards dude, I can say anything mm-hmm. backwards, just give me a sentence. And we would film their reactions while I would do the thing with the, the phone and the app. And people mm-hmm. would just freak out. Well, um, like I said, I work in film, and so me and my buddy, we were on set one day, and he brought one of his friends in that works in the video department of a place called Southeast Psych, and they specialize with Asperger syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I d- didn't know any of this. And uh, so the guy's there on set, and my friend Charlie said, John, talk backwards for Sean. And Sean's like, what is this? And he flipped, <laughs> and he's like, oh my gosh. And he went and he told his employers who deal with Asperger's patients all the time, mm-hmm. and they had me go in, and, and they met me, and they started telling me how brilliant I was, and they had me do a short video skit with them where mm-hmm. I'm doing everything backwards and need help and go to them, and they teach me how to talk forwards through using the app. It's a cute, <laughs> it's a cute little thing uh, that we did, um, and we did it kind of quick, but um, he then said, you know, why don't you come into my office uh, in a couple of days and sit down and have coffee with me, and I'll tell you why you're brilliant, and why you Mm -hmm. don't think that you are. And so I said, okay. And we sat down and he said, you have what they call Asperger's syndrome. And I Mm -hmm. said, wait a minute, isn't that autism? And he said, yeah. And he said, but wait a minute. He said, you don't really have full-blown autism. He said, what you have is a gift. And he said, you're Mm -hmm. incredibly brilliant. He said, it's not about talking backwards. He, he made mm-hmm. that very clear. He said, this is about how your brain works and processes information. And the fact that you learned to talk backwards when you were five um, shows how incredibly powerful your mind is. He said, mm-hmm. that's just a funny little thing that you latched onto as a child. And now you've got this thing as an adult that you can do. He says, there's something else that you're very good at. And he's like, you've got to find out what that is. And I still don't quite know Mm -hmm. what that is. Um, But my mind has a unique way of processing information. And I'm gifted. Uh, And it's it's, uh, brilliance. Uh, And so after 46, it's like, wow, I'm now able to see myself in a right way and, and not put myself down and not step back and say, oh, you know, I think it's this way, but I, what do I know? I'm stupid, you know. That okay. that, that would kind of be my way in, in the past, and it would be frustrating for people. Um, I I understand, I understand. So, um, for those who are not familiar with Asperger's, can you explain what um, Asperger's is and and where it sits on the like autism spectrum? Maybe we'll also talk a little bit about autism itself. Absolutely. So, Asperger's is a higher functioning form of autism. Um, mm-hmm. It's in the autism family. And there are several different places on this spectrum from high functioning to lower functioning, you know, that you can be with Asperger's. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm very high functioning with this. Uh, You can't tell talking to me. There are other people that when you talk to them, you probably want to strangle them. Um, Uh You know, they just, um, they prattle off information all the time and talk too much and but they're brilliant all at the same time. You know, there's several people in history, uh, Sir Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, 
um, who else? Alfred Hitchcock, Dan Aykroyd, who who are on the autism spectrum with Aspergers. Okay. Uh, Mozart had Aspergers. Uh, oh, you know, he started okay. writing music, you know, as a small child. And I wish I had a gift like that. <laughs> Instead of just talking backwards, but, but talking backwards is pretty cool, so I'll go with that. That So that's Asperger's right there. It is, um, as Dr. Frank Gaskell at Southeast Psych calls it, there's a little bit of lemon in your water, just a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so, so Asperger's, how does it, um, what, kind of, what are the effects of having Asperger's? It's, it's uh, one of the things is being very focused on a narrow field of interest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As far as I understand, yes. so what are other like characteristics? Ah, uh, gosh, we are incredibly honest. We're too honest. It's hard mm-hmm. to tell a lie, and you can get yourself in trouble with people mm-hmm. because you don't always say things to other people exactly the way they are. It's offensive, or it's it's mm-hmm. unnecessary, and it can cause tension. Um, What else? I have a tendency to talk to myself a lot. And if I, um, if you give me a backwards request, you'll see me do it. You'll see me do what I will catch myself doing now. Like if I'm all alone, I'll just go, you know, kind of like that. But it's more, (laughs) it's more in a trance when I do it. And I notice that I go into that trance when I start learning a short sentence backwards for somebody. And you'll see it in my videos. In fact, you'll, Mm -hmm. you'll see me going, like this and just kind of move in my mouth, which you would say that's normal. He's figuring this out. But Mm -hmm. at work, if I'm sitting at my desk and I've got stuff going through my mind and my mouth's moving and talking, that's weird because nobody knows what's going on. So um, that's something that I'm trying hard to to, uh, work at at stopping, but it's hard. It's like Mm -hmm. my... It's like if a computer's rendering out video and audio files, if it does it with all the picture and sound on it, it could drive you crazy. Well, that's what my mouth is doing. (laughs) My mind's constantly on, as most people's are, but my mouth's moving as to to what's going on. And and I'm aware of it. Um, So it's just, it's weird characteristics like that. I see. Okay. Um, You you said that your brain... um, uh, processes information a different way. Mm-hmm. How, how's that? So, so how's it different from like me, for example, or any other person? You know, uh, the only, the only thing I know to tell you is, um, I can't do math and that, you know, I think a lot of people can do math. You would think that I could mm-hmm. do math, but I just see it differently. You know, I'm sitting here counting my fingers, uh, trying to okay. do math as to where other people, they can do it just like I do the backwards talk. They can just figure it out, you know, somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that when I went back to school, you know, my uh, my younger schoolmates, they were able to just figure this stuff out. And they're like, like, I don't know how I do it. I just do it. And mm-hmm. that's what it's like with the backwards talk. I just do it. I guess, okay. I guess I am more prevy to audio, but also kinetic, very kinetic, a okay. kinetic learner, but also uh, audio-based learner. Mm-hmm. So audio okay. plus kinetic, that that would be my field. And also if I can put my hands on it. And that's another interesting thing. So when I grew up, you know, um, this would be the 70s and the 80s, to, to play uh-huh. something backwards, you had to record on tape. And you uh-huh. would have to open up the cassette tape 
and reverse the little wheels inside and then rewind them. So very, very hands-on and kinetic. And I think that mm -hmm. that process and going through all that trouble helped me learn it better. Okay. Okay. So you're, you need to be hands-on to really process information and, and have the impression that someone, okay, okay, I get it. So when you were um, younger, I mean, in our pre-interview, pre you mentioned that there, um, you experienced bullying a lot when you were younger because you couldn't connect with people your age. Correct. Yeah, I mean, um, once again, you know, if you, you've got this one kid and he sits over here, he doesn't say anything and he never mm -hmm. does the schoolwork, you know, you're, you're going to be prevy to or open to, to bullying. Um, and it wasn't too awfully bad for me. You know, you hear these horrible cases, uh, today, uh, with me, the kids would just laugh or, or they'd be like, you know, you're so weird or something like that. And then there'd be occasional name calling there. There wasn't a whole lot. Um, I never got beaten up. Um, okay. which was nice. Uh, I actually got into some fights as a young kid, you know, like mm -hmm. second grade and I think fourth grade, I got into a fight. But after that, I didn't because I turned out to be this really, really skinny kid and all the mm -hmm. other kids were a lot bigger than me. So I couldn't really do anything. And th I think that's another thing. I, I kind of learned to shy back and, and not state my opinion as much because I was, mm -hmm. I knew that if I did, you know, I'd probably get an ass whooping. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's what it was like growing up, but, but, but not... You know, always being seen as stupid, being told I was stupid. And I think that mm -hmm. hurt more than anything. Uh, being mm -hmm. called, you know, gay because I didn't date anybody. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then I also thought, well, what girl would want to go out with me? You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't have a right to ask a girl out on a date. So, you know, you, you just get picked on in, in that regard. So okay. It's, it's okay. hard. It's hard. It, it, it makes, gives you a bad self-image growing up and then you got to deal with it later on in life. I see. Okay. Um, so you also mentioned that you had, uh, you were more inclined to people who were much older than yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So when you, yeah. So yeah. when you're eight years old, like you're, you're, you know, <laughs> drawn towards grown up people, for example. Yeah, yeah, those would have been my friends um, back then. And my, my siblings are a good 16 and 23 years older than me. So mm -hmm. I always felt that I belonged with their crowd. And of course, mm -hmm. rejection there because, you know, a little kid can't really be hanging out with 20-year-olds, um, you know, going out and drinking beer and, and whatnot. And so, you know, that, that didn't work. But, <laughs> but because of my... Um, curiosity with how movie theater projection systems worked, I wound up meeting um, a guy who was, uh, I guess, a little bit older than my brothers. And uh, he took me under his wing and taught me how to run the projectors of the movie theaters when I was about mm -hmm. 10. And I could run those projectors, I mean, like the first day that he showed me. Mm -hmm. And he noticed that my mom didn't really believe in me and that even my mom was saying things like, well, we've got so many problems with John and we just don't think he's going to make it. And so my friend John, his name was John as well, mm. uh, came up and he would say, you know, your son's very smart. There's no, he said, most people who come into this projection booth, 
it takes them a long time to learn this stuff. And he's learned it like the first or second time he's ever done it. Mm-hmm. And my mom dis- just dismissed it. And years would go by and, you know, I'd go by to see John and, and John would say, John, don't listen to anybody tell you that you're not smart. He said, you are so smart. And then he even talked about the backwards talk. He's like, I've never seen anybody that can just say words backwards like you. He said, that means you're brilliant. And he's like, I don't know how it's going to be applied, but you're going to do something great. So, you know, I, I preferred to hang out with older people and became friends with older people and went to work in the movie theater business and then became friends with the man who was 90 years old and still working as a service technician. And he mm-hmm. would have all these stories to tell me, you know, from the 1920s on through the 20th century about the movie theaters. And then he and I would go get lunch at, right after he retired at around the age of 90. The friendship mm-hmm. continued. So it was always somebody older, like to be my parents' age or grandparents' age, you know, um, I just felt more comfortable there. I see. Okay, okay. And so when you were, you know, when you finished school and you were about to enter a profession, uh, how did that go? I mean, did you say, okay, I'm, I'm, because you had this bad self image. So did you ever think right. about what I'm going to do in the future? So, so, uh, well, the way that worked, uh, was I dropped, <laughs> I dropped out of high school at the age of 16 because mm-hmm. it was getting to the point where, um, I was so miserable and, and, uh, at school and didn't like the kids and, uh, they didn't like me and, um, I wasn't learning anything. So my mom said, okay, you know, we're going to pull you out, you know, on one condition, you still have to get your high school diploma, but we did it through the community college. So I, I got it and wound up learning my math and getting better reading skills. And I mean, doing stuff that I thought I would never be able to do, but because of the poor self-image did not, uh, really apply myself and did not go to college. I just continued to work at the movie theater business. And then one thing led to another. Um, I got involved uh, running TV cameras on a volunteer basis at a church. And that was um, the uh, beginning of my um, career in television. And uh, then I just started doing some videos on my own and would go rent an edit bay at a production company in Charlotte. And they wound up hiring me. And so I got my first job as editor. And then that just, you know, multiplied, you know, it just, I moved from there to another place and then another place and moved up and, uh, had a career as an editor. Uh, that's, that's how that began. And, um, I started seeing that, you know, there was a lot more out there and I decided to go to school, you know, in my late thirties. So I did things a little bit backwards. I realized the older (laughs) I got, it's like, okay, wait a minute. I jumped way ahead of myself, you know, in my teens and twenties And now I need to go back and I need to make up for some of this. And I did. And I did. You know, I, I, I caught up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So how, how does your, uh, how does like Asperger's help you in your editing job or in your profession as a video editor? Oh, oh it absolutely helps me. Um, Uh, so being able to be a very visual person, uh, that, that's something that as people with Asperger's, um, have they're they're gifted with that. Um, so I can just see things happening in my mind. And so, you know, when I sit down to a project and I start putting things together, um, that gift comes into place because I might have 
something arranged a certain way and I can look at it and I say, you know what, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. And then I'll realize, you know what, if I take this shot and I put it here and I rearrange this and I do this part first and then this part, it's really gonna make a lot more sense and it feels more balanced. And so for me, having those kinds of feelings and those kinds of intuitions uh, makes me a very valuable asset as an editor. And also as a job that requires a lot of patience and um, I've been doing a fair bit of video editing for my stuff. Of course, <laughs> myself. Right. And, and it just you know, something drives me fucking crazy at times. You know, I've got, of course. got some people doing it for me, but sometimes it's just faster because I know what I want to do and want the, the way I you know, want to look, have it look like and stuff. So sometimes I just do it myself. Like, it's just like before I explain it to someone, I'd rather do it myself and it just drives me nuts at that. Like, ah. Absolutely. I, <laughs> Abs <laughs> absolutely. I, I understand. Um, I've, I've been there, I've worked with people who wanted to do that, and then I worked with people who don't even want to touch it and they want me to do it. And then I'm the same way with my stuff. You know, I'm frustrated with it, I would like somebody else to look at it, or I know exactly how I want this to go. It's, it's one of those things, it's, it's a very interesting profession. Um, and good editors are very hard to find. There are a lot of people out oh, there absolutely. that have the software absolutely. Uh, and know how to push the buttons, but this is mm. not what this is about. Um, this Absolutely. is about a feeling. It's it's how you feel. It's how you see things, and it's also how you relate to people. That is very very important. And I have found mm. that to be true many times over within my profession. It is very important the relationship that the editor has with the director and the producer uh, is just absolutely paramount. Absolutely. And I've, I've seen this many times um, when I give stuff to edit to, to someone and I outsource it. Um, when, when you're trying to find someone who's really understands what you want to do, it's, it's often so frustrating because you can give them a lot of raw material. And in your mind, it seems clear what you want to do with it. And it seems like, okay, this, I mean, that's the stuff. And I mean, oh, come on, it needs to be this, this and that way. And then just people are completely hopeless. And then they send you back something that get the what the hell is that? I mean, that doesn't exactly. make any sense. And that's like, ah, and then you have to, you know, you, you run through several iterations and sometimes you find someone who understands you and then hopefully they are going to stick with you for a while. But it, it is, it is frustrating. It is definitely frustrating. It I has can, I can to be, to it has to be the right fit, you know, and I've, yeah, I've worked yeah. with people, like I've said in the past, you know, it's been a perfect fit. And then I've worked with other people. It is not a fit at all, you know, and you have, is to there know, any kind of, is there any category that you prefer working on? Because I could imagine if you're um, bad with interpersonal things, then telling interpersonal stories in the video might be something that's No, I actually you. love stuff like that. No, I mean, because I'm able to feel it more when I do that. And so that's very rewarding okay. for me to be able to work on okay. projects like that. Yeah. Okay, because that's then funny. You, so, you so feel when, a connection. When, when, so basically, when when people are out of the equation, then you're good with people stuff <laughs> in a strange way. So isn't that weird? Isn't yeah, that weird? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, you know it. It and you don't get those skills overnight. You know, nobody does. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, there, one one thing that I'm I'm really blessed with is you know a lot of editors, a lot of really good editors are older. Uh, because they, um, you know, the more life lessons you get under your belt, that that translates into your work. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. That makes sense. Um, 
What would you say is, is the one thing that people misunderstand about you most of the time? I have a tendency to, to jump ahead of them mm -hmm. and, um, or I'll vocalize something and they'll think that I mean it for them and when I don't. Um, trying to think of an example. I was working with a client once and uh, they were telling me something and I went, no, 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 no. But I wasn't talking to them. I was talking to the computer. The computer was doing something uh. I didn't like <laughs> and they thought <laughs> okay. I was disagreeing with them. That, that's, that's, I don't know. That's one instance right there. Um, hmm. You know, I think with Asperger's and, and having this type of mind, we, we have a tendency to think that we're right mm -hmm. uh, and everyone else is wrong. And, okay. you know, sometimes that, that might be the case. But, you know, how do you, how do you make that case? How do you present that to somebody? Mm -hmm. um, are you making them feel bad? Are you making them feel like uh, they're wrong? Um, and people don't like that. So mm -hmm. um, there, there are ways to do that. Um, sometimes you need a situation to play out a certain way um, and, and just satisfy that person. It's like, okay, you want... Um, You want me to make this wedding cake, but you want it upside down. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, if you do that, the, the layers are going to fall over, you know, because mm -hmm. the small layer is going to be on the bottom and it's going to go like this. And it's like, well, that's the way I'm, I'm seeing it. And it's like, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to need to put some sticks in it or something to hold it up. I don't want sticks in it. I just want it to, okay, you know, we'll, we'll do it your way. And, and, um, but then sometimes there's, you know, you, you got to be patient because somebody might have an idea and they need your help to do it. And um, they do have a way to make it work. And if you'll just cooperate, you know, it'll turn out. Okay. It's, it's, it's funny um, that you mentioned that because I uh, have a good friend. It's kind of an on-off business partner that I have. We've been working together for like seven years and sometimes we just you know, have a project that we work on really intensely and we're really close. And then we manage to just not communicate for a year and then we just kind of kind of get back to it and um a couple of actually days after we got in touch just by pure pure chance um uh you know we we get in touch again and he told me that he was diagnosed with asperger's in, <laughs> in, like in his mid, mid 30s and he's like now i finally understand because because that explains so many things and and that explains why i'm so good at certain things And so bad at other things and why I'm so bad at social things. And what you mentioned is true because he, he's the one guy that I, I love for being brutally honest. And I was like, there were so many times like, dude, you're an asshole. You're, you're a fucking asshole for telling me that. Like, just, I'm, of course. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you how it is. Like, don't tell me that way. I mean, you can say it in a nice so way. So you understand like, what this don't, is. You don't, you don't be, be a dick about it. I mean, yeah. I'm not being a dick. I'm just, I'm just telling you like, Yeah, but and so we had these these arguments almost, and and uh, now he said, "I now this is one of the things that I now understand because that's that's just me, and I'm not a weirdo in the sense that I'm no, I have a bad personality. It's just the way that I think, and I, I don't see anything bad about telling people that they're wrong. And if I think they're wrong, then it, they're just fucking wrong, and I'm going to tell them they're fucking wrong. Right, and that's that, <laughs> and that's that, and, and then of course you have other people who might not be." Uh, very receptive for this kind of communication and that's how I get into trouble. And then, then again, there's, there are so many things where he's really brilliant in terms of being very, very focused on certain things and you no know, having the ability to, um, do incredible deep dives into certain topics in a very short amount of time. 
uh, we say, whoa, well, when did you learn that? So, so um, yeah, but he, he mentioned it, like he describes it similar, uh, in a similar way than, than you did. Like the, the, it was a re revelation to understand what's wrong with him. Oh, mm -hmm. wrong with him in a way. Yeah. Exactly. Or what he needs to change, what he needs to improve yeah. on, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, same here. Absolutely. So if you get um, irritated, for example, by something, what, what are just, just for someone who, who has never been in touch with or maybe has been in touch with but never understood um, someone who has Asperger's or some form of autism, um, what are kind of things that annoy you and how does it express um, itself when you get annoyed by something? Hmm. Well, let me see. Uh, traffic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. I think everybody gets annoyed yeah, I was just with say, traffic, I, everybody, but I think traffic is a good example. Um, uh -huh. You know, you're going someplace and usually the traffic is okay and you've left just in time to where you get to your destination right mm -hmm. on time. I'm, I'm the type of person, I like to be right on time. Mm -hmm. And if something makes me to where I'm not right on time, I can get pretty upset and scream okay. and use a few choice words. So you get in the car and it's like, okay, I've got plenty of time to get there. And all of a sudden the traffic's backed up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just this, and everybody knows that feeling. That's, that's why I'm using that example. So it would be like that with other things uh, at, at work. You know, you're, you're, you're working on something and you're making really good uh, progress on a project. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, somebody else comes in with some project that has to be done, and mm -hmm. you really don't want to do it because it's just some, you know, minuscule thing, mm -hmm. but it's got to be done, and you've got to stop working on what you're doing. Uh, everything in me wants to say, well, I can't right now, and this mm -hmm. is just going to have to wait, and maybe you can get someone else to do it. Oh, but you're the only person here that does this, you know, and so... For me right now, you know, I can't say that to the people that I work for. I have to say, mm -hmm. okay, you know, I'll stop doing this. And in my mind, I'm like, rrr, rrr, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and then I do the other thing and, and fix it and send it on. You know, in the, in the past, you know, relationships were broken because I would vocalize my frustrations. Like, well, mm -hmm. uh, we can't or I can't. And you, you don't want to use that language. I can't. We can't. You can, mm -hmm. you know, you're just going to have to rearrange your schedule. In other words, people who are on the Asperger spectrum like everything to flow like clockwork. And when it doesn't, we have a tendency to get mad. Okay. Okay. Um, you were familiar with autism before you get diagnosed and you heard about Asperger's before that. I did. So... Yeah, so did it ever occur to you, like, I might have that, or, or was it something that it you just... Did, it actually did occur to me, you know, that I might have that, because, um, and it first occurred to me out in Los Angeles when I had, um, uh, when I had gone to school, and, mm -hmm. you know, I started noticing some of the same things had, you know, kind of followed me there. It's like, well, you know, why did this follow me? And, um, mm -hmm. and then I started kind of putting two and two together, and it seemed like I did some research maybe I wasn't even doing research and it just sort of popped up um, mm -hmm. Asperger syndrome. And I thought, you know what? I'm bet money. That's what this is. Oh, I and, um, it had been confirmed. Um, so it's, um, 
yeah, yeah. So that that that's what happened. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, I I uh, I kind of diagnosed myself back then before the actual uh, diagnosis mm-hmm. took place because I, I put it on my mind. My friends are like, "No, John, you don't have that." So mm-hmm. um, there I was. Um, you know, when uh, Dr. Frank Gaskell of Southeast Psych told me, and and it just clicked. It's like you know what? I kind of had a feeling that this might be what it was, and we okay. just sat there and just smiled at each other. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, um, if if someone has um, a feeling this might be something that you no, know, I might have or my friend might might have, uh, what's a good step to take? What would you recommend? Who could they see? Is it, is it? Do you go to a psychiatrist or who who does the diagnosis? Because I guess that's not someone that your your everyday doctor. I don't know if a psychiatrist. Yeah, I don't know if a psychiatrist. Psychologist, psychiatrist, psychologist, like a therapist. Psychologist, yeah. A therapist, okay. and and what I would do is I I would look you know for somebody that specializes uh, in that, um, mm-hmm. you know, people with Aspergers they have a tendency to be attracted to machinery, mm-hmm. or computers, you know, um, at a very early age, and they'll tell you everything there is to know, you know. Examples for me would have been fans or edgers, you know, for the lawn and, um, vacuum cleaners was a big one. Okay. Yeah. You know, and and that's a funny one that, that, um, my family won't let me live down because they have memories of me going over to their homes and pulling the vacuum cleaner out and insisting on using it because it was different from the one that we had. And I liked the differences. Uh, okay. 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 It's a very, very specific, uh, very specific interest. things. Again, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you've, you've got to have it this way and not that way. And it's mm-hmm. this thing over here that no one else ever really thinks about. And, uh, oh, bells and bell towers, you know, th- things like that and wanting to go up and see them and touch them and, and just be there, you, you, you know, that high up, you know, things that were high up and so I, I would say, you know, th- those are all things that seem to be uh, in line with, with uh, people that I've talked to with Asperger's. They're, they're all common, okay. you know, commonalities. Okay. Okay. So, so um, definitely go to a therapist, talk about it and see if you can get that diagnosis. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, if they don't specialize in it, they might know somebody that, you know, you can go to. And with, with mm-hmm. the internet these days, you know, you can always... Um, contact somebody mm-hmm. on the web. Okay. And how has, how has um, knowing it helped you in your daily life? Is it well, that you're more aware of things? Is it that you, that you can explain it to other people? Hmm. Well, um, I would say that, you know, for, first of all, I have a much better self-image and, and mm-hmm. to uh, see myself as a person who's brilliant um, and, and worthy, uh, it changes everything. You know, mm-hmm. uh, seeing, seeing yourself in the right way. That's the first thing. Uh, the, the second thing would be to wa- watch myself, kind of keep myself accountable and, and always consider, you, you, you know, how the other person might feel in a situation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've got the funniest story I've got to tell you. Uh, so I told you I've never really dated and so I don't like mm-hmm. dancing either. I don't like people up in close proximity to me. Um, people with Asperger's have a tendency to look down when when mm-hmm. we talk to you, and I've, I've been noticing that. And so when I see that I'm doing that, I, you know, immediately, you know, lift my head. 
a friend of mine likes to go contra dancing. And so um, this was a few years ago and uh, we went and I wound up dancing with this older lady. Um, and I thought, okay, you know, I'm gonna look at her, but I didn't know I had Asperger's at that point. I, I, I looked at her and she went like this, you know, like what on earth are you looking at me like that for? And I realized <laughs> she thought that I had the hots for her. Ah, okay. Because when we got through dancing, she, uh, and she was old enough to be my mother. And she, uh, she, she looked at me and she said, now you go find a young lady to dance with. And I thought, uh-huh. oh my gosh, I'm never coming back here again. Cause I did not mean that. I did not mean it. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed, but, but that's how she took it. And I thought, you know, this just isn't where I belong. And uh, so I just told my friends, I said, listen, you know, um, we'll, we'll go hang out and get a few beers every once in a while. I'm not coming back here. <laughs> uh, I got you. Okay. So um, if I know someone has Asperger's or autism, um, what's a good way to react to that or how to approach them or how can I be um, more supportive in a way that people might not feel as uncomfortable or, or might not feel, you know, impacted by the way I treat them. Sure. Um, I, I think giving them a chance is, is a really big thing. You know, I've had um, situations within work where, um, you know, I was right about something and just like your friend, uh, you know, I, I said it in a certain way, but um, I was right, but they did not want to hear that. And so it, it ruined um, the project that we were working on, it made it very difficult and so I would say, give, give somebody a chance. You know, if you see that they're working hard and, and trying to process through something and you know that they've got this or they might have it, give them a chance, you know, to say, you know, do, do you really, I see that you're, you know, working hard at this. I think maybe you're doing it the, the wrong way or going a long way around what could be a short way, you know, um, but if you really feel this, you know, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. That, that can be a tricky one though, because if, if you got two people that think they're right about something, it, it can be it can be hard. I, I mean, you know, it's I, I guess it's hard to know how to answer that question. You know, you you'll have to first of all, you know, is it worth having them there? You know, do they know what they're doing? Because it could be that they don't. Maybe it's not a, a good fit. You know, um, but but giving somebody a chance. I, I think okay. it's the, the best thing you can do. Okay, I understand. So what's next for you? What's next for the backwards fan? Backwards dude, sorry. <laughs> I'm starting to step into the, uh, in front of the camera instead of behind mm-hmm. the camera. And uh, I've been told by producers that the camera likes me uh, and that I got a good look. And um, I'll be in my first TV commercial next year for Insurance awesome. King. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's here in the States, of course, and uh, it's uh, Midwest. So it's local mm-hmm. to Midwest. And I'll be with uh, Dustin Diamond from Saved by the Bell. He played Screech. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be fun. Uh, there's the possibility of being on America's Got Talent because they asked me to audition for them here in mm-hmm. Charlotte. And when I went to the audition, they had a camera crew follow me around for a bit. Uh, and they also had me go back into the audition twice. So that's oh, nice. very okay. promising. Uh, I don't know if I'll get on or not, but... Um, I'll know around spring, but even if I don't, things are really starting to happen. And, uh, 
you, you know, hopefully with doing the TV commercial, I'm also on the radio about once a month here in Charlotte. Um, mm-hmm. And so things are just starting to pop. I'll probably continue editing because I enjoy it. Um, and um, do commercials. Do commercials on the yeah. side. Who knows? You know, maybe maybe do the, a voice of a character in a movie or something. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice, you know, the backwards yeah, yeah. voice. <laughs> and as I noticed the same thing. You were, that's why I was initially so, uh, no, it's confused is the wrong word, but I was surprised to hear that you're like um, on the autism spectrum because when you look at your YouTube videos and you like, you talk to the camera, and like, that's a regular dude. I mean, it's like, yes, he's talking backwards, but I wouldn't ever expect that, you know, you have some sort of, you know, autism, uh, you're on the autism scales, but this way. And you're really a natural in front of the camera. And that's, that's what I noticed as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what producers are noticing. And, uh, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. Um, I know when to turn that stuff off. Uh, and even mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, um, I, I knew that I was being erratic in some of my behavior, but I thought people will get it. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll get it. They, they know that I'm not being serious when I do this, but they, they just did not know that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I've got tape recordings of myself from when I was five and six years old. And it, uh, let me tell you what, it's pretty out there. It's pretty erratic. Of course, you're dealing with, you're listening to a child. But when that's uh-huh. you, you know, it, it kind of changes everything. It's like, well, is there anything wrong with me there? You know, but when I look at other five and six-year-olds today, they're uh-huh. a lot more calm than I was. And I know my peers back then were a lot more calm and more focused than I was. I was just all over the place and, you know, trying to turn fans on people's homes and pull out the vacuum cleaners and, you know, pull out the film (laughs) projector at school, even if we weren't sure, because back when I was in school, they had the actual reels of film and I was just mesmerized by that, you know, and I would pull this, that out and, you know, and the teachers would be upset, you know, um, it's just, yeah, you know, I've come a long way. So you wouldn't be able to tell at, at this point. Okay. Okay. So what, what, what can learn people more about you? What can they watch more of your videos? You have a YouTube channel? I have a YouTube channel. It's called Backwards Dude and it's spelled different. It's B-A-C-K-W-O-R-D-S Dude, mm-hmm. D-U-D-E. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, go there on YouTube and watch my videos. You can send me requests. And if, if they're lucky, uh, I might do their request. I've got tons of requests coming in all the time of, of things to say. Or to teach somebody how to say, you know, and I'm always grateful uh, and, you know, down for teaching people how to say something backwards like their name or something uh-huh. like that. I have people requesting me say things in a foreign language, which I can do as long as I can say it forward and it's short enough, I can say it backwards. So okay, okay. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's how they can contact okay. me. Yeah, yeah. we're going to put the link in the description and uh, make sure that everyone can um, have a look at it. And definitely check out the YouTube channel. There's some amazing stuff up there and really, um, it's really entertaining. It's really fascinating. It's really fascinating to see you yeah. and do, do all these requests, definitely. Um, you're also working on a website. Uh, what's the address going to be? It's not finished yet, you say? It's you not said, finished but, yet. Um, it would just be backwardsdude.com. So okay, B-A-C-K-W-O-R-D-S.com. Yeah. Okay, we're going to also put that in the description. Awesome. Um, I have two last questions, but before that, so how much wood and so on and so on, how does that work backwards? <laughs> how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck yes, could exactly. chuck win? Okay, I'll do it. It sounds really freakish. Um, <laughs> so here, here we go with the backwards I, I, hat. <laughs> I, I, okay, 
Doesn't that sound crazy? Uh, yeah, it sounds backwards. How much wood? wood? Yeah, the amazing thing about that is it's still backwards, but you can understand it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> That's okay. why it sounds robotic. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hey, um, I know you get a run for, uh, um, well, a New Year's Eve dinner, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, I have two last questions that I'm always asking anyone that I'm talking to you. And uh, the first question is, um, you know, this is a series of interviews with extraordinary people. And who is someone that you consider extraordinary, who has inspired you or is inspiration or, or does something extra extraordinary or, you know, takes this world to a next level? Any, anyone that comes to your mind. Absolutely. Uh, there's two, two guys that have a show called Good Mythical Morning, uh, Rhett and mm -hmm. Link. And yep. uh, it was through watching their YouTube channel that I started, and this was before I was diagnosed with anything. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, you know, they had my same kind of comedy and, and the same kind mm -hmm. of I don't know, the way of doing things uh, that, that I do. They even made a, a backwards video and did a very, very good job. They wrote a song about 600 or using 600 pillows uh -huh. and they did the whole thing backwards. And I did not even discover that when I first started watching them. I discovered that okay. two years later and I thought, well, no wonder I like these guys. And so they wound up uh, putting one of my intros on their show because I sent it in backwards Ah, and they okay. used it. Awesome. And, uh, you know, they didn't tell me. But, you know, they've got so much going on. They, they don't have, you know, they figure, well, you know, he'll catch it when he sees it. And so I was really, really honored that they did that. And, and I feel that we need people like that. You know, they helped me to step out and do my own thing. And to they always say, be your mythical best. Well, I'm being mm -hmm. my mythical best with my backwards talk. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. And um, the last question that I have is then uh, I want to close it. The conversation with that. Um, um, uh, no, I lost track. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Jesus, never happened to me. Well, what's, what's my last question? Um, uh, something about how I want to leave my mark on the world, or uh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What, oh, what, what do I want to contribute I'm, or something? I'm, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm uh, getting, I'm getting tired. Sorry. <laughs> sorry yeah. So the last question I always asking is, um, what's your message to anyone who's watching this or who's uh, listening to this video? What's your message to the world? Well, my message would be to be accepting and patient with one another mm -hmm. and to uh, not be too quick to put somebody down. Okay, That's, that's my message. That's wonderful. John Austin, the uh, backwards dude, thank you so much. Um, go watch his channel. It's amazing. And um, yeah, have a happy new year. And um, I'll hope we'll be in touch. All right. Happy new year to you as well. What's happy new year backwards? Uh, <laughs> Wonderful. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for watching. And in a few seconds, you'll hear about the extraordinary person that I'm going to talk to in my next conversation. But before that, I need to ask you for your help. See, finding people who inspire and motivate you to make a change, that's what's most important to me. But to connect you with these amazing people and to bring you conversations that you will not find anywhere else, I need you to become a part of our journey. So please get involved and leave a comment below with your own questions and maybe even tell me who I should talk to next. 
And if you know anyone who might like this conversation, then please share it because I'm sure that they will like it too and it will help to grow this channel and to make an impact together. And by the way, on my website, you will find all current and upcoming episodes, including show notes and transcripts, background info, books and websites of my guests, podcast links, and much more. And once you become an email subscriber, there is always some exclusive content, so don't forget to sign up, and I'll see you in the next conversation. In the next episode, Rob talks to Dr. Aubrey de Grey. Dr. Aubrey de Grey doesn't just believe that aging and the suffering that comes with it can be slowed down. He believes it can be undone altogether. What's more, he thinks we are merely a few years away from making the scientific breakthroughs that will enable the medical field to put an end to death related to aging, for good. Rob and Aubrey talk about the controversies his theories are stirring, his refusal to age gracefully, the biases of modern science, why living healthily won't actually do much for your longevity, and much more. Join the conversation now.